Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, here with the mid-month episode. I just graduated, graduated my nursing program. Uh, We had our pinning ceremony, which uh, we had these little pins put on us, which are very historical in the nursing field. And we had a a candle lighting ceremony, which I use air quotes for because they were electronic candles. Because, you know, 65 people with candles in a room full of over like 200 people. What could go wrong? Um, It definitely had its witchy elements, though. So, you know, I appreciated that. And uh, that has me thinking a lot about endings and goodbyes. And, And don't worry, podcast isn't ending. We're not going anywhere. I still have lots lined up for this year. But I have been thinking a lot about what endings look like. And it's made me think about different times when I have started something, particularly something witchy, uh, and changed along the way. Um, You know, I think in different episodes, I've gone over things related to this in some way. You know, what to do when you find that something isn't working for you or trying something new or getting outside of your comfort zone. But what happens when something that was so incredibly central to you isn't anymore? How do you deal with that? I don't have a whole lot of experience with this. I mean, I have some and I'll get into that, but it can be really tough for people who have gone through an initiation process in one religion only to later realize that it doesn't work for them or that they've changed and maybe it did work for them and no longer does. It doesn't even have to be as defined as an initiation ceremony. Um, or, or something that requires that much commitment. You know, it could be a certain style of practice that you, you really felt strongly about that you realized over time didn't work for you anymore. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But making that decision to walk away from something, whether or not you have something else lined up, is really difficult for a lot of us. And I think it leads a lot of people to either getting very bitter and disillusioned about what their practice looks like or or what magic is or means to them, or it leads to people just kind of half-assing their their practice and, you know, getting stuck and maybe even doing some things to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. So... Realistically speaking, not all times are going to be good. Not every tarot reading is going to be insightful and amazing. Not every ritual is going to go off flawlessly. Not every you know coven meeting is going to be productive. Some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel inspired. Some months you're going to realize that you didn't observe anything that you meant to observe, whether it was from 
being too busy or being depressed. There's no judgment in what I'm saying. I want to make that clear. But, you know, there are going to be difficult times. Sometimes that's within your control, you know, such as making sure that you're setting reminders for when when the moon cycles are, if that's an important thing, or making sure that you're setting aside the time to commune with other people if your practice involves other people. Um, so some of that is kind of a discipline thing, but sometimes it's not in your control. Sometimes you have a family emergency or work stress. Um, sometimes you have physical or mental illness that interferes. And it's not entirely up to you when that happens or what you can do about it. So the first thing is don't beat yourself up if your practice isn't going the way that you want it to. Figure out what's in your control and what's not. Figure out what you can do about it and what you can't and work within that. Um, you know, I have been personally getting more into Judaism. Um, I'm still not a monotheist, uh, which is actually what I'm going to be talking about later on in this episode. I used to be a hard polytheist um, and have definitely gotten more agnostic as I've gotten older, although not monotheist, although I'm practicing Judaism more, which it's, it's a complicated thing. And I can do a whole episode on Jew Judaism and mysticism at some point, uh, but that's not here and probably won't be for a couple of months. Maybe I'll do it around Rosh Hashanah. Who knows? The point of that is that I am often very much an all or nothing kind of person. You know, I prefer to spend time with my friends in a very conscious manner, so I'm not likely to want to meet up for just a cup of coffee. I want to be able to spend at least an hour or two with you. Um, when I'm doing tarot readings, part of why my Patreon readings are late is because I would rather get them done in a quality manner than rush through them when I have a couple of minutes. That said, uh, I have been thinking about how to better practice Shabbat or Shabbos. Uh, I'm not going to be super Shomer Shabbos, which is you know Shabbos observant um, in a way that many people would correlate with very, very religious observant Jews. You know, I'm not going to refuse to turn on a light switch. I'm not going to not push elevator buttons. I am ultimately a secular Reformed Jew, but I would still like to spend time on Friday nights to Saturday nights, whether I'm working or not, whether I have other obligations or not, I would like to spend some time making whatever I can of, of those roughly 24 hours special. And I reached out to a, a group on Facebook about it. Um, and I had a bunch of other people who talked about how they have been grappling with similar feelings of all or nothing and how making a commitment to do something really helped them get in touch with this and help them eventually deepen their observance. And this is something I should really know. Um, I don't know how much I've talked about it on here. My memory, as you may have figured out, is not always the best in regarding what I have said. But I used to be very unhealthy and very sedentary, and I made a lot of lifestyle changes. And um, I did lose a bunch of weight, but that wasn't ever my primary goal. And, uh, you know, I made very small lifestyle changes one at a time. And eventually there are a couple of bigger ones that took place at the same time. But looking back, it was it was small steps, you know, 
I didn't go from eating French fries and a big thing of Arizona iced tea and a pint of ice cream later while smoking a pack and a half a day to, you know, salads and nothing but water, which is not really any healthier, but that's a separate topic for probably an entirely separate type of podcast. I made small changes. First, I stopped smoking. Or maybe I cut out the sugary beverages first. I'm pretty sure smoking was first. Then I cut out the sugary beverages. Then I started bringing my lunch to work. Then I started making it healthy. Then I added an exercise. Those little, little things all added up to success. And a very similar approach should be taken with our magical and or religious practices. You know, maybe you don't have the time to do a huge tarot spread for your birthday. Draw three cards. Just do something. Maybe you don't have time for an elaborate moon ritual. Stick your rocks on the windowsill anyway. You know, as long as you're doing something that's keeping you grounded in it, that matters. But what happens when, when you're doing it and you're, you're doing these small changes and you realize that you're still just going through the motions with it and it doesn't speak to you? So again, this is where you need to differentiate between having a rough patch, having a slump, maybe needing to add some good stuff into your practice and realizing that what you're doing is not working for you at all and figuring out what you're going to do with that. Um, And I'm not here to tell you how you can figure that out because that's very personal. You know, it's, it's going to be hard for you to figure out what, what works and what doesn't in that way. So, you know, really, really think about it and sit with it. And if you have anyone to talk to about it, you know, talk to them. You can feel free to email me. We'll go over all that contact info at the end of the episode. But really sit there and figure out what's not working for you. Now, there are definitely traditions where if you leave, you have to reinitiate and come back. Or maybe you aren't even allowed to reinitiate. It's really not my wheelhouse. And if you're in one of those things, what I'm about to say won't hold true for you. And I'm sorry. But for for the rest of us who are practicing things that are more self-driven or are in slightly more um, flexible circles, nothing's stopping you from leaving and coming back. You know, maybe, maybe you realize that, or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe let's say you are religiously observant you know let's let's say you're going to church church is actually a great example right um and i guess i don't have a lot of personal experience with this but i uh i guess the closest thing i've got are running groups (laughs) it's just a little silly if you think about it but you know you go to church and you're going to church and you realize that this time on sunday you're not getting anything out of it you're sitting there thinking of all the other things you could be doing for three four five six weeks in a row You're not feeling anything when you go. You're leaving as soon as it's over. You're not spending time with the community. So you stop going to church and you decide to spend that time doing other things. Maybe you're sleeping in. Maybe you're working on a hobby. Maybe you try out going to other churches. So maybe you realize at some point that it's not for you. Or maybe you realize that you're actually missing a big thing in your life and want to go back. I don't see what would stop you from coming back to that church. I mean, yes, there might be some social awkwardness. You might have people asking you why you stopped going. 
sometimes that can be antagonistic, but that's that's less about, you know, the church itself or the act of going to church than the community within your church. So you know that better than I do. And, and you know, some are better than others. The, the synagogue I was going to for a while, I could kind of drop in and come back and no one really gave me any flack for it. Um, but I've had friends who stopped going to their church because although they didn't stop loving Jesus, they realized that their church really wasn't in alignment with how they practice religion and how they view religion. And they got a lot of pushback from the community over it. So I'm not, I'm not making a blanket statement that's easy to just go back. Um, but again, what, with practices that you're doing yourself, there's really nothing stopping you. You know, let's say, let's say you have a tradition to do stuff on the moons and you realize that moon observance isn't important to you anymore. You know, you don't think that it's doing anything for you. So stop. And if you realize you miss it, you can go back. But what do you do when you realize that you don't miss it anymore? How do you reconcile that? Especially, again, especially if it's this big, big part of your life. Like, I haven't really dealt with this that much and certainly not as an adult and certainly not as someone with a platform um I know it sounds silly to say I have a platform because I have a podcast but well a couple hundred of you are listening to this every month apparently so um I guess I do the point here all right so I said I get into this right when I was a kid Yes, my parents raised me Jewish, and we did Hanukkah, and I think we sometimes did Shabbos, although not really. Uh, we definitely did the High Holy Days. Um, you know, I was raised with a lot of Jewish values. As I've been getting deeper into Judaism, I realize how much my parents instilled a Jewish life in me without necessarily tying it to religion um, or without directly tying it to religion a lot of the the cultural touchstones of judaism really are wrapped up in religious stuff but judaism is a little different than a lot of religions anyway um examining it is is very much encouraged and uh it for the most part i know that you know if, if you're just watching documentaries on the ultra orthodox you won't understand that but reform judaism is is really rich and progressive for the most part so anyway Although, I yes, I was Jewish, my parents were very witchy. And I was a hard polytheist as a kid, specifically Greek gods. Um, I truly believed in Zeus and Athena, Persephone. He's, I believed this. Um, I also believed in the Egyptian afterlife. Um, I guess it was kind of like panentheist. But I was, I really did have these hard polytheist phases. I never believed in like the one big sky daddy God, but I definitely, definitely believed in pantheons of gods. And then something changed. Um, my mom got very into, my mom had been into Buddhism, although again, Buddhism is, is also very different in practice, uh, in very similar ways as Judaism, which is why you get you get a lot of Boo Jews, Buddhist Jews, uh, Leonard Cohen being a very prominent example of a Buddhist Jew. My mom also got very into Hinduism uh, after he moved to Jersey City and became somewhat active in the temple on Newark Avenue or one of the temples on Newark Avenue. And um, yeah, it was 
interesting that as as she was getting more involved in some things, um, I I was becoming a teenager, and I guess my rebellion was stopping doing what she thinks. I've definitely talked about that before, but it had been a big, big part of my identity. Um, you know, I wore a little pentagram. I talked a lot about, I, I called myself Wiccan as a kid because that was just the easiest word to describe it. Although I was never actually Wiccan. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a huge part of my identity. You know, I was the witchy kid. I, had a tarot deck. Apparently I had it in middle school. I remembered it in high school, but apparently it was when we were like 12, according to some of my friends. So that's been a big part of my identity for a long, long time. And I remember very clearly I was in my teenage bedroom in this railroad apartment in downtown Jersey City. And I had this little like floating wall shelf. It had my little altar space. So I had these figurines on it. Um, I had a green Tara statue, I had a Guan Yin, I had some, I think I might have had an incense burner even, and uh, I remember I did this ritual to protect my friends around Samhain one year, I must have been, must have been 16, and uh, I remember as I was finishing up that ritual thinking, this is the last ritual I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm not going to be a witch anymore. And I don't remember now, uh, a lot of my teenage years are kind of blocked out by trauma. I definitely didn't get like anti-theist at that point. I never quite went down that road. But I distanced myself pretty strongly from a lot of my practice. Um, I did pick up tarot cards again a couple years later. Tarot I never fully let go of. But after that, I really never considered myself polytheist again and that was 14 years ago almost so you know I did I did have this identity schism and I don't know what I would do now if I woke up and realized that tarot wasn't for me um doing it professionally I do have a a fair amount of burnout with tarot like I do still enjoy doing readings for people when they hit right but it's a job and uh, this is something I definitely look forward to talking about with my friend Rory who I'll be interviewing soon let's see if I can make that happen for a July podcast I know I keep promising this and things get pushed back but that's life for you but you know when when you take something you love and make it a job that makes it that much harder and that's also where you get situations like Doreen Virtue who I mean to be fair watching her go off the deep end of Christianity and renounce tarot stuff really wasn't that shocking for me since, you know, she'd always kind of done angel cards and stuff like that. And there's always kind of that feeling to me in her stuff. But regardless of whether or not it was shocking to you, um, it was pretty disheartening to watch her recant these things that she had made so much money off of and made such a, a big presence in and really made an impact on people. So oh, be careful when you leave something that you don't go down that route. I'm not saying that you shouldn't expose something toxic if it's toxic. You know, I have a lot of respect, for instance, uh, 
for people who have left the Mormon faith and who expose the the contradictions and bigotry within the church. You know, I have a lot of respect for that. But if it's more about your practice and your religious stuff not personally serving you, you're not making anything any better by mocking those who still follow it. Now, again, I, I, of course I respect my atheist friends, um, and they're, you know, being, being a very skeptical agnostic, there's a large part of me that is more in alignment with my atheist friends than it is with my witchy friends. You know, sometimes I do find myself kind of rolling my eyes at witchy stuff. Even, even stuff I say myself, I kind of go, yeah, 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 I know this, this sounds really, really a little silly when, when you, when you say it now, but like, it doesn't make anything any better to, you know, lambast someone for their opinions if they're not hurting anyone. And yeah, okay, a lot of anti-theists make this argument of they're hurting people so much, religion has ruined the world, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm not really here for it, to be real with you. I get where they're coming from, but... It's not religion itself, but power that does that and pursuit of power and people not really knowing how to handle any of that. So um, that's my, my little rant on that for the moment. So just you know, be careful when you're leaving something that you don't necessarily fall into this pit of being so incredibly vocally against it that you uh, hurt others in the process. Again, it doesn't mean that you can't leave it yourself. Um, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. It doesn't mean that you must be locked into it forever. And I think that's another thing to consider. Um, when people first get involved in a lot of anything really it doesn't have to be spiritual or religious um you know it could be it could be a a new food plan it could be exercise it could be a job it could be so many things that are new and exciting and people get evangelical people are like yes this is changing my life it must change everyone's life and i totally understand that um you know i'm a nerd and of course i want everyone to enjoy the same uh cultural touchstones that i do and you know, be, be moved by the same things that I am. Um, but after having enough of my friends ridicule my very favorite, albeit very problematic, uh, fantasy series, I have definitely come to realize that maybe being a little bit less evangelical will serve me better. And I'm not saying don't get hyped about what you're doing. Um, you know, absolutely get hyped because why not? It's great to be excited. But just be careful of being so vocal about your lifelong commitment to something that you've been looking into for just a couple of days or weeks or months even. You know, it's you're not going to know everything about something with that little exposure. And 
there may be things that don't wind up speaking to you and some people get really embarrassed by uh not being into something that they once were you know if if you were very very vocally like yes i am i am a bruja and this is the rest of my life and i am going to be here for this and this is my calling and you later realize that maybe it's not or maybe you want to practice more privately and not necessarily publicly you know maybe maybe it's more important to you that you do things for yourself instead of monetizing it but now you've gone you know really far down this path and you don't know how to take that step back um it's just something to think about is all i'm saying not saying don't get excited not saying don't get hyped i'm just saying be careful with what you're presenting um if you know that you're the kind of person who's going to be embarrassed later when you if or when you wind up realizing that your path is changing you know acknowledge that within yourself acknowledge that we all contain multitudes here and we should be excited about this and celebrate this not you know call ourselves or others fake when our paths change there's nothing wrong with your path changing there really isn't um Finally, I would like you to consider that you can modify your path without it really changing much about your life. Um, you know, think about how you started and think about what it meant to you when you did. And, you know, there may be things that are more difficult for you to do if you change but your your life might not change nearly as much as you think it will you know maybe maybe you're still a witch but you just don't do certain aspects of your practice it doesn't make you less of a witch to have backed off from things and you also don't have to to label yourself if you don't want to you really don't. I mean, I, I personally love labels. I actually find them to be a much greater source of community than of division. Um, having a label on something really helps me understand and accept it instead of just thinking I'm deficient at being this other thing that I'm supposed to be. It's like I'm not being deficient at being that. I'm not, I'm not a really bad straight person. I'm a good bisexual, you know? Um, so it's it's a reframing for me but you don't have to label yourself and it might make it easier if your path changes but it's also okay to say hey my label changed we give a lot of flack to people who are going through phases but everything is a phase the moon has phases it doesn't make it less the moon at any given time you know most regions of the earth cycle through seasons it's still the earth no matter what season it's in just because things look or feel different so please don't lock yourself into thinking that because you spent some time doing something you must do it forever that's really not true and it's ultimately very damaging 
And I just want you to remember that if you decide that something that you did is no longer serving you and it's time to do something new. So I uh, hope that this was useful for you. It's definitely something I've been considering a lot as different parts of my life are ending and some things are coming back. Uh, you know, I just did this amazing performance series called Thinking in Full Color, where I got to represent a Jewish perspective on life and our current situation with the wall. Um, also with you know, my, my Mexican heritage as, as something that contributes to my worldview on that. I haven't performed in a very long time. I had honestly left behind the idea of being an actress in high school uh, when I wasn't able to participate in my theater program as much as I would have liked to because of my home situation. I couldn't, I couldn't even go to rehearsals, let alone if I had gotten a uh, part, I wouldn't have been able to commit to any kind of performance schedule or even rehearsal schedule. So I really thought I had left behind the idea of being an actress all the way back then, but Instead, I uh, I made it work. Make I came back. You know, don't call it a comeback. Well, it was a comeback, and I performed for on the stage really for the first time since sometime in high school. And uh, it was really good to come back to it. So, don't forget that. Again, you can go back, but you don't have to. I've never gone back to being a polytheist, but I've maintained a spiritual connection. I did go back to performing, and it was wonderful. So you really, you get to define this story for yourself. And don't let any witch on the internet or in your coven tell you otherwise. Again, I don't know about certain sects or or practices that are a little bit less flexible. I'm, I'm not speaking to those. That is not my frame of reference. And, you know, that is a different subject altogether. Um, but I feel like you probably know that already if you're in one of them. All right. I think that's about all I've got. Um, I do want to give a brief shout out to one of my patrons. Uh, Edmund is awesome. And he makes this really cool tarot deck based on history. So he's still tweaking it. He's still trying to figure out how to make it more inclusive and more diverse because history, although we have this idea of it as, you know, kind of being written by the victors, it, it's still as diverse as our world has always been. And there's a lot to glean from that. So uh, Edmund had this to say about his deck, which is a history tarot. A few years ago, I had the fairly silly idea of making a tarot deck. Silly because my first thought after deciding to make a deck was realizing I should actually learn something about the tarot. Making a deck is a great way of learning the tarot, by the way. It focuses, one, on the why of the tarot and not the superficial aspects. So the main website for this tarot deck is http colon slash slash www.a-history-tarot.com dash being hyphen. You can also follow Liminaut, L-I-M-I-N-A-U-T on Instagram to get pictures of the cards. So Edmund, yeah, is, you know, trying to figure out how to finalize the deck and then publicize it. 
Um, he's definitely looking to get more input and ideas uh, and figuring out if he wants to do a Kickstarter, although that would mean a much larger commitment to decks. But maybe just doing something like makeplayingcards.com where he can just print decks to order. Really depends on what the uh, interest looks like from the public and the public being you who's listening. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, go check out Edmund Liminot, ahistorytarot.com, a-history-tarot.com. It is not all one word. There are hyphens between the words. And if you want to check me out more, um, as I said, please don't hesitate to email me. I am antifragiletarot at gmail.com. Hopefully next month I will be able to get my website up and running and maybe even have an email address up from that. Ooh, I'm getting fancy. For now, though, you can follow me on Insta. I am Antifragile Tarot on Insta. I am Antifragile Card on Twitter. I am Antifragile Tarot, two words, at Facebook, which is actually where I get a lot of uh, traffic from. Go figure. Uh, you can find me on Etsy if you want to purchase a reading online. That is Antifragile Tarot on Etsy. That's one word. And uh, I also have my Patreon. Uh, $1 a month gets you access to the Discord. You can chat with me. You can chat with other awesome people who are part of my Patreon. Uh, you can also get a shout-out if you are a patron, although I was very happy to do Edmund's shout-out, even if he wasn't a patron, because that deck is looking really cool. Um, and... There will be videos. Uh, I've been trying to be better at making them monthly, but we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, Twenty bucks a month will get you monthly readings from me on Patreon. So definitely check that out. Um, and even if you can't su support me financially, which I get because I'm super broke right now, I'm about to go do a 12-hour shift. Uh, actually, that'll be done by the time you hear this. I'm recording this before my 12-hour shift. Um, you know, please just, if you can follow me on social media, if you can like and comment on my stuff, if you can tag your friends who you think might be into it, maybe they'll follow me. That makes a big, big difference, not just to me, but to your other artists and creator friends. Spreading the word, you know, telling people, hey, I listen to this podcast at work. I think you'd be into it. You know, stuff like that really, really makes a difference. And, you know, again, just sending me an email, sending me a comment or a DM on something, hey, I love the podcast. It really keeps me going and makes it possible for me to keep doing this twice a month on schedule. So thank you again for listening from the bottom of my heart. Um, I look forward to chatting with you all again in July. Again, if you have ideas of what you'd like to hear, I don't have any firm ones. So uh, antifragiletarot at gmail.com. Hit me up. If you're in my Patreon Discord, you can also hit me up there. Thank you again. Have a witchy and or wonderful day. And I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Bye.